from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. Touchdown, Sammy Watkins! Uh, about time, right? Hey, good for him. Three, uh, three weeks coming, but I cannot overstate how important I think that touchdown was for Watkins in this Chiefs offense. Yeah, I got to tell you, folks, welcome back to the show. We are post-game about an hour and a half after uh, they left the field. Hopefully you all are home and hearing this by now. Uh, we have Matt Derrick from Chiefs Digest. He's going to give us all the insight from inside the locker room and all the on-site stuff. Chris and I will give you our observations. Uh, make sure you check everything out. We're posting everything over at Chiefs Digest as well as LockedOnChiefs.com for a couple of things. Uh, and I will have a live session up tonight. Uh in place of some of the Facebook lives that other people have been doing. Well, I'm going to give you one on YouTube, so keep an eye out for that as well. Um, Watkins, I think, has to be the top of the list, right? I thought so. Uh, and part of the reason I think Sammy is such a big piece in this offense is because you finally got to see last week what he's capable of when he gets the ball in his hands. But more importantly, you got to see it again this week, what he's able to do as a runner. Uh, when he gets the ball in his hands, and that's huge. I mean, that I don't know what was the score, 14-yard toss, uh, but it sure looked like he should have been down maybe at the 10-yard line as opposed to shaking three different defenders and being able to score a touchdown there. Matt, what, what impression does just having him in the game plan making plays do for this team? Well, it's it's just another playmaker and a, and a guy who does add a different dimension than some of the other guys do. Um, yeah, he does a lot of things, the things that Tyreek can do as well. Um, but I, you, you saw it today. I mean, you know, a couple of he had a couple of end rounds, runs, and everything like this. Um, Seventy five total all purpose yards and a, that touchdown. I mean, that's those are those are just different things that he another dimension and. And Patrick Mahomes talked about it after the game. He's like, you know, you can you can take away one of these guys, you can focus on them, but you know, you, you get Watkins, you get Kelsey, you get you know Hill, you get Hunt, you can't take them all away. And you know, some weeks we're going to see that there's going to be heavy towards one one or the other. To that, that was pretty balanced. I mean, it was mostly the receivers doing a lot of the work. Um, Hunt did a little bit late, but uh, it can be anybody at any time. And, and a big, I think, reason for that is you just you add an element like Watkins, and now there's just there's just one too many to deal with. Well, my favorite thing that Pat Mahomes said about Watkins is that he's like a running back with the ball in his hand once you get it to him. And I, I think that's an aspect that while Tariq is so good at what he does, is there's once you get it, your hands on him, you have a fair chance at you know taking him down. But Sammy's just not like that, and it's it's power a lot. They remind me of like Kelsey you running the two of them together. Two guys, you got a gang tackle. Yeah, I mean, you know, with 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 Hunt, with Hill rather, you get the ball to him outside. Um, even if you get the ball like into him in the backfield and everything, he can just make guys miss. Watkins can just barrel over people. I mean, it's a different size advantage and everything like that. So he he can still do that. He can still juke and he can still you know get away from people. But you're right. I mean, you know, as far as some tough yards, you know, he had some of those today, and and that's what you get with a with a big player like that that can that can get the ball in the space and and power through guys. Well, and let's be fair about this game. This was a game that Kansas City should have probably won by three or four scores and could have easily, in my opinion, put up 50 points. Uh, But Mahomes missed some shots. Now, the shots he missed early in the first half, they ended up scoring touchdowns anyway, so that doesn't change the score very much. But he missed Demetrius Harris on a catch that he probably would have made in the end zone because he catches the hard ones and drops the easy ones. Uh, and then he missed Marcus Robinson on a wide open TD in the in the first half as well. 
You know, and I got to yeah. tell you, I'm going to I'm I'm going to check those films cuz I thought both of those guys were the culprits, not Patrick. Well, I know the you know the the one that I I think that Chris was talking about I think was the overthrow to, to Harris because Harris had another one that he just had absolutely absolutely dropped, um you know so that was that was I don't think it ended up coming back to haunt them at all or anything like that but you're right I mean it was a tale of two halves as far as the efficiency of that offense goes, um yeah granted they only really had three scoring drives that they had to worry about in the second half. Uh, but still, I mean, it was, it was a big difference. I mean, you know, you're talking about those, especially those first two drives, second half to come out and get 18 yards of offense. I mean, after what they had done in the first half, that's, that's just brutal. Um, and it, I, it does go back. I mean, Chris, cause I, I think Chris is absolutely right. This is a game that should have been put away. Um, you know, you hate to, to look for too many negatives in a 38 to 27 win. I mean, this was, it was still fairly comfortable. I don't really feel like the 49ers ever really challenged them. Uh, but it was much closer at the end than it needed to be. And, you know, and just one of those drives, you put it together, that you put it away in the third quarter, and you don't have to worry about it in the fourth quarter at all. Well, and the and you're right. The pass I'm talking about with Demetrius Harris is in the end zone where he was overthrown by, you know, if Mahomes puts that another yard uh, or actually takes a yard off that ball uh, and that extra yard that he needed to heal when he was beating Sherman, uh, you trade those yards out there. Both those plays are touchdowns, in my opinion, because hey, he just barely overthrew Harris and he underthrew Hill on that play. Uh, just not quite there when it comes to deep shots today, but it was still enough to get the victory. And you're right, there's a lot of concern when you look at what they did offensively in the second half because they were not able to get anything done. You know, and, and actually one thing I, would, I do want to note on those overthrows on, on both the Hill and the Harris, and also uh, you put the bringing in Butker's field goal that almost missed under this too. Um, there was a pretty good wind in that direction that was blowing things and everything like that in the stadium today. So I, I do think that was a factor, um, especially when you consider that this is the first time that, that Patrick Mahomes has played in Arrowhead Stadium. Um, you know, he, he practices, sure, in Kansas City, but they don't go over and play in the stadium. So this was literally the first time he's played in Arrowhead outside the preseason games. Um, and it's, it's different. I mean, it's, it could be a very different environment, especially when the wind starts blowing. So I, I, you know, he didn't use it as an excuse or anything like that, but I, I certainly think it's a factor in, in some of those, maybe the deep balls and maybe the, some of those overthrows because they were to the end of the stadium where you did have a little breeze going. Well, I'm glad that you guys bring that up because I thought, and I'm looking at my notes here, I thought really he was, he seemed like he was pretty hyped up to me overall. The number of passes that he either overthrew or misread where he should be placing the ball. It just seemed like, okay, yes, we forget that he's he's only played three games, and all of them have been away. This was his first day in Arrowhead, and I, I thought maybe that got to him a little bit. Yeah, he did, and he discussed it in the post game and everything about that, about how hyped up he was, and you could see it when he was running out for introductions. He kind of took a little beat and everything like that before he ran out. Um, he was the last guy that they introduced, so obviously the crowd was pretty pumped. Um, but you're right, I mean – Look at how look at how this game started for the Chiefs. Uh, you know, it comes out with two incompletions to the Conley and Hunt. Um, you get the false start on Kelsey, and you know this not not necessarily the greatest drive in the world that they got going. Um, and then they really, I mean, once they kind of picked it up, I mean, it, it you know it really kind of got going and everything like that. Later, you know, as, as they as they kind of went on and everything like that. But yeah, he had a few few passes on that first drive that he just kind of misfired on. Well, and to complain about those types of things. Uh, he's still taking those shots and those are important shots to take because it makes the defense have to play the entire field. Uh, so still happy that he's taking those shots and I do expect him to hit those shots 
uh, further throughout the season. What I will say, though, is it's still remarkable to see he is now in week three of his first season starting, and he is 13 touchdown passes, uh, which is another NFL record that he has broken. And he has it to, to nine different wide receiver or nine different receivers. And the NFL record for that in a year is 13. So he is only <laughs> yeah. four short of that right now. Yeah, I mean, that that's pretty ridiculous. And even today, I mean, he completes passes to seven different receivers. Um, it's really remarkable. I mean, and, and he mentioned that, that we talked to him about that in the postgame as well, as far as, uh, you know, they feel really comfortable that obviously anybody can catch the ball at any given time. Um, and, and that's what you see. I mean, they're, they, they, this team is willing to throw it to anybody, and they're also willing to make substitutions and send guys in there. Uh, if, you know, hey, if Kamla goes down for a little bit, you've got guys you can go to, you feel comfortable with. Marcus Kemp comes in and, and you know, makes a catch and everything. So they, they, this group, there's, there's not any weak points. I mean, they don't feel like when they sub out that, you know, there's a guy that you have to steer away from. Um, they still feel like they've got guys that can go through it too at any spot. And, you know, once again, Anthony Sherman, uh, you know, big catch and run. Um, and, and that was, so you close. know, I, yeah. And hey, give it up to our, our guy, Reagan Creswell, because he, he was all over that as far as, you know, how the, the Chiefs could really attack this Niners defense. So if, if people didn't, did not read his scouting report, he nailed it. I mean, everything that he talked about was exactly how the Chiefs beat the 49ers today by just really using their aggressiveness against them. Mm hmm. Yeah, I have to say Reagan does a great job, and I hit most of the points in my game plan, so keep an eye out for those folks. But, Matt, before we take our first break, I want to know from you, like, in there, seeing the reaction post-game, what is what is the mood of this team? Is it split offense and defense? Is everybody rallying together, or how does it look? You know, I'll tell you what. I mean, you, you have teams that have, you know, won some games before and everything like this, but I think the most remarkable thing to me about this group sitting here at 3-0 and is that none of them are content with it. Uh, you know, there's not really anything that you see. There was there was some happiness. I mean, they were celebrating. There was some joy. I mean, they feel really good being 3-0. and um, But you talk to anybody. You talk to Mahomes. You talk to Kendall Fuller. You, you talk to anyone on this team, both sides of the ball. Uh, they'll tell you there's things we can prove. We're, we're not all the way there yet. We're not, we're, not, we're not as good as we can be. So, you know, that, that's, that's to me the big takeaway is that this, this group does not feel, you know, they, they don't feel like they've accomplished anything yet at all. I mean, there's, there's nothing to this. And I think that's, I think it's a little bit different than last year's start, you know, with five and oh, I, I thought that group was extremely confident and, you know, but I don't think that they really felt like there was a lot of weaknesses. Whereas this team is talking about where it can get better and that's, and they want to. And I mean, that's, that's, that's what you want to see in a team. I mean, that's what, that's what good championship teams do. So I think, you know, as far as, you know, for the long-term future, I mean, I think you got to feel pretty good about that. This is a team that's that's happy to be 3-0, and but they're not satisfied with it. Our prediction piece, I think we had three separate people do 38-24 in this game and did 38-27. Uh, most of the people in the prediction piece were around 38 points when it came to the Chiefs offense. So impressive, in my opinion, on that. I, I forgot to tell everybody I was just predicting the first half. <laughs> but hey, it is what it is. Folks, we'll be right back. We're going to take our first break. Ever since we started the show, people are always asking for advice, including which team to bet on. And that's what I got to tell you to check out my bookie. Remember, when, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I'll always tell people to go to my bookie. They've been in business for years, they have great reviews online, and their site is super easy to use. We'd only recommend 
a service that's been good to our listeners and good to us. That's why we're urging you to take a look at my bookie. You win, they pay. It's that simple. They have live in-game betting, and you can even take the over-unders on fantasy points scored. And they have all kinds of perks, uh, the best in this business. And right now, my bookie is slammed with new bettors, and they want to give you and everyone else the best service possible. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they'll even give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now. My bookie will match that deposit dollar for dollar. Use our promotional code LOCKEDON25 to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON25 when creating your account to claim $1,000 in free pay. If you're willing to hold until after 7, you get the extra 25 That's only using the LOCKEDON25 code. It's up to you guys, but I'd wait until after dinner and take the extra money. You play, you win, you get paid. Okay, so... Like you said, there are plenty of things they still need to work on. We're going to talk about some of those. But just before we move off the offense, a couple of points. Um, B uh, is going to be the run game. And I don't, I'm not concerned, but I think we got to talk about Hunt here in a second. But first, I want to talk about, like you were saying, how they spread it around. I, I'm personally happy to see Chris Conley make that kind of uh, adjustment that he's getting looks. He's making the most of his targets. He's, he's got a couple of scores already. Um, and the resiliency that he showed. I don't know, Matt, if you got any details about what that injury was. They listed him as questionable, and then he comes back in the game. So um, can you shed any light on that? Yeah, it, 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 it was they, the team termed it as a right ankle injury, and uh, they did. They looked at his right ankle, but they also retaped his left ankle too. So they were working on both. I don't know if you know, maybe he did just kind of stumble and and maybe tripped up with both of them because he kind of got uh, tangled up there with Williams on that on that pass interference play. Um, but he, yeah, he said the, the trainers, you know, they taped him up and everything like that. He felt fine. He went back out there. Um, and Andy Reid didn't even mention it as one of the injuries in the post game, so they don't feel like it is anything long term. What I do want to mention real quick on that is he came back in and caught one of the most insane touchdown passes crazy. I've ever seen. That was absolutely crazy. Yeah, I just I can't imagine what the crowd was like in the stadium when that play happened because his Mahomes' first TD in Arrowhead in a regular season game, and he pulls off something that looks like a Madden play. And that window was small to hit yeah. Conley on the run. And I was looking at it post game, and I'm like looking at the box score, and I'm like, that was a four yard touchdown pass. He ran back to the 25 yard line. Right. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, I had to go back, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure they were inside the 10, but they were at the four. Yeah, that would seem a lot closer than it was. Uh, yeah, Mahomes, he, he rolled out left, um, thinking he was going to try and make something out of that play, realized that none of his receivers were on the left side. Uh, so he backtracks some more and rolls back out to the right. Uh, finally finds Conley in the back of the end zone, and hey, it's, 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 it goes down as a four-yard touchdown pass. Uh, you're going to see these. I mean, he, he, he likes to scramble. He's good at it. He's got a lot of experience because, as he said, post game he had to scramble a lot at Tech, so he's used to it. Um, but these receivers have that have a have a mentality uh, when it really comes to these plays that break down that they just go to try and find places to, to sit down and get zones. I mean, you know, and that sometimes it haunts them because you know there was a play, um, there was a couple of plays. One was a free play that they had where all the receivers basically knew they had a free play, so they went deep and and then he didn't have anybody to throw to because they were all covered. If anybody one of them had come back, they probably could have gotten a pretty big gainer. Um, but they they're under the mentality just go deep and, and Patrick's going to find you. 
Um, and then there was another one where, you know, they kind of had the same thing with, you know, where they, they all just kind of go looking for, for a place to go deep and everything like that and run around. And, and there's just, there's not the, something there. So that, that going to hurt them sometimes, but on a play like that, I mean, you know, good grief. You make one of those every once in a while, that's, that, that wins you games. And, you know, this one, they didn't necessarily need it, but there's going to be time when you might need it. And that, that's the kind of play that wins you a game that you might otherwise lose. Now, in order to win, they got to stop the other team as well. And the defense was up and down. I, I thought they played – they came out really well, I thought. Um, I thought Eric Murray actually earned himself a little redemption early in the game. I'll have to look at all 22 to see if any if he gave any back. But uh, after such a, a good start, they came on. They actually got some pass rush later in the game. Matt, what's your impression of where this defense is right now? Yeah, you know, I think it's a little bit of good and bad. I mean, you're right. I mean, they, they, I think they really fed off the crowd in the first half. Uh, and, and I, I think the 49ers kind of played into what they wanted to do a little bit. Um, because I thought the defense, you know, they, they, they did a lot of hustle. They did, they, they, they were moving pretty good. I thought they were moving the ball pretty well. Um, there wasn't really, I thought, any major mistakes in that first half. Um, second half, I, I, the weird thing is, is that, you know, the, the, the Chiefs, they do want to turn teams one dimensional. They, they want to take away the run and they do want to force them to pass. And so far in three games this season, I mean, that, that's worked. I mean, they've been playing from, from ahead, which helps. But I think the worrisome thing is that you get into a situation where you do have, they have made all three of these teams one dimensional and have forced them into having to throw the ball. And, and the Chiefs know that they're going to do that. And when you get to that spot, they haven't been able to seem to stop them. Um, that's the perplexing thing. I mean, when usually when you've got a team down and you know they have to throw, it just makes it that much more difficult. And usually it's easier to get a pass rush, usually a little bit easier to, to get your hands on the ball. But that has this team hasn't done it that way. They've done it the other way around. I feel like they've they've played the the, the pass pretty tough when, you know, they it's been more of a little bit more of a surprise early in the games, uh, rather than when teams are forced with their back up against a wall and then they've seemed to have moved the ball a little bit against this team. But uh, you know, I, I think it's still an improvement. I mean, this was a, this this was first half was a pretty good domination. Um, they came through kind of when they needed to in the second half, and it was still a little bit of you know bend but don't break. Um, but they stopped the 49ers in that last drive, which they get a touchdown there um, and put and pull that game to within one score. Maybe it's an entirely different way that the last five minutes of that game plays out. So they, they, but, they got the one stop when they needed it. But be fair on that; they got a gift too because that was not. At least from what I saw, it did not appear to be offensive pass interference. On yeah, that, that the is an area. Of, uh, yeah, that's a big area of focus though this year that they do that you know the officials are supposed to be looking at are those pick plays and everything like that. So I, I think that's where they got tripped up on, on that. Um, and they are they're going to be I think they are going to be more tic tac on that this year. What I will say is I'm glad you brought up that they can't stop the pass because before this game. It came out, according to Adam Schefter and Chris Mortensen, that Kansas City has made calls about getting Earl Thomas. Yeah, and, and that's curious. I mean, it, you know, if for not any reason, you know, the biggest reason I think is that it does beg the question about what that means for Eric Berry and where they feel like that he is at. Not that you couldn't have a secondary with Berry and Thomas back there. I mean, that's be a pretty pretty good group. Um, but you know, going out and getting Thomas would really, I mean, that's, that, that blows most of the rest of your cap space. Not that you couldn't squeeze him in and everything like that. There's always things you can do. Um, it would be a pretty big move. You'd have to give up a draft pick, which, you know, the, you know, you know, the chiefs 
they, Brad Veach is willing to make a move, an, an aggressive one if he needs to. But at the same time, I mean, you know, he likes to make moves for players that he's going to control for a while. So giving up a fifth round pick, you know, for uh, for a Cam Irving that he knows he can control for a couple of seasons. Uh, it's different than moving maybe a second round pick for a player that he's only going to have for 13 games plus, you know, postseason. Um, doesn't mean he's not going to do it because he's, hey, Earl Thomas is a great player. Um, could really certainly help his, his secondary and everything. Um, it's always tricky when you add a player, you know, in, in season and everything. Um, so I, I don't think it's necessarily a no brainer that they're going to do it and that it makes, makes sense. It certainly depends on what the asking price is. Uh, but it, it, I think it, I think if anything, it just really does beg the question about where Eric Berry is with that heel if they're considering a move like that. I would have to agree. Yeah, that's yeah, that's my concern as well. Although, if that if it does work out and they're just looking to bolster now, in they feel like they're going to get Barry back eventually. Um, if you're running a safety group with Ron Parker as your number three, I think you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, I mean, you know, that oh, yeah, that would definitely put you in pretty good shape there. Uh, not only with Barry, but also it may speak to to Daniel Sorensen. We we didn't get an update this week, but he's at that six week mark, um, which when they were going to do an examination on him and determine you know kind of where he is in his recovery. So I'm hoping that maybe tomorrow we'll get an indication from from Andy Reid about where he's at. Um, but that's another factor too, because they were certainly, you know, c- counting on having Sorensen at some point this season. And, and if you get into a situation where maybe you're thinking you're, you're not going to have a healthy Barry, maybe you're not going to have a healthy Sorensen, maybe it makes sense to go out and get help. Uh, my only, my only caveat, and I don't want to be, you know, rain on the parade, but here's, here's the only thing longer term, Eric Barry and Earl Thomas are out of the same draft class. They're both pushing 30 years old. Is that really the wisest thing long-term to try and do? It's part of the equation. I only bring it up. I'm not saying they shouldn't do it, but it's got to be factored in there, I think. Well, I mean, I, I think if you go out and, and get somebody like Thomas right now, it's a it's a one-year, you know, you're just, you're just doing it for the one year. I mean, that's what his contract is because there's no way with Eric Berry's contract you can sign another safety like Earl Thomas long-term. You just – you can't afford – you can't type that much cap space and – in your secondary, but that, that those positions, especially when you've got bigger needs elsewhere. Yeah, that sounds fair to me, and that concerns me about the draft pick. But we will see how that develops. Let's take another quick break, and we'll wrap up this game, folks. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being at Arrowhead to cheer on the Chiefs. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section at in row of your choice to make things even better vivid seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for twenty dollars off orders of two hundred dollars or more to save even more money go to the app store or google play and download the vivid seats app use promo code locked on for twenty dollars off orders of two hundred dollars or more every purchase is backed by a hundred percent buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more vivid seats has it all Download the app and enter the promo code Locked On for twenty dollars off orders of two hundred dollars or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event or the Chiefs' home opener at Arrowhead next week against the Forty ers I have to ask the question: Is it just me, or does uh, Reggie Ragland not look healthy? To me, uh, he, he still looks—he he still looks sluggish. He still looks like he's not. Uh, attacking the way he has been in the past. Um, and to me, I just don't think he's healthy. 
Yeah, I, if if you ask Reggie, which we have and everything, he will tell you he feels great. He's fine. And, you know, he's, he's a football player. That's what he's going to tell you. Um, but if you look at a couple of things, one, the, the team continues to list him on their injury report, which even though he hasn't had a, you know, a, a questionable status or anything like that, he's been a full practice, he hasn't been limited. Um, that's still the fact that, the, you know, this team considers that knee an issue. Um, he's been wearing knee brace on that left knee too, um, which is, is I think, another consideration to look at. Um, this week, hey, he had the had the stinger last week at the shoulder and everything that was kind of you know limited him. So he he has been banged up in more ways than one. Uh, but you're right. I mean, the you know the the Chiefs have been taking him off in some passing situations, going with Terrence Smith, who can obviously has a little bit more speed, but maybe can move around better right now. Um, they, they have. I, I I don't know where the snap counts are going to come out today. It seemed like he played a little bit more by just the naked eye than maybe he did last week. But you know we'll see. But no, I mean I I think the combination of just uh, you know a couple of little things dinged up and and there's still some residual from that from that knee, whether it's still just getting some of the nuts, the rust knocked off or if it really is just you know some some swelling that continues. Uh, the evidence that we have between the, the injury report and the brace, everything tells you that even if, if Raglan says he's 100% and he's healthy, he's not 100%. What percentage he is, that's up for debate, but he's, he can't be 100% with the evidence that we have. Well, and, and to me it's a bigger thing just because I've had people tweeting at me. Uh, specifically, I had somebody tweet at me today that uh, healthy and good at football are, are synonymous talking about Raglan and, and I'm sorry, but Raglan's a good player. He is not playing the way he played last season. And I don't think it's a regression. He just, you watch him limping after he gets up tackling somebody, you can tell he's not healthy. So, you know, I, I want to bring up another player too, because I said this early in the game, because I felt the same way about Justin Houston early in this game uh, in between plays, didn't look comfortable. Uh, he wasn't getting much of a, of a takeoff. And then third quarter, I, I felt like that kind of turned around. And I don't know if that's, just warming up on a given day or if there's something nagging him, but how does he look to you guys? You know, I, I really haven't seen anything too much from Houston. That makes me think, think that he's, he's, he's dinged up in any way, especially considering, you know, they still ask him to do everything. Um, and that's something that they, they, they don't ask D Ford. They don't ask some of their other guys to do. I mean, they, 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 they do ask Justin Houston to cover a lot and run around. So, you know, does he maybe he is he getting tired, especially maybe the first couple of games when they were playing in some very hot, humid conditions and playing 82 snaps and they were not getting him the substitution that, you know, they really talked about really getting him earlier in the season and everything like that, and letting him and Ford have some more rest. And now with Ford, you know, having a groin injury that might come back to hurt them a little bit. Um, but, you know, that that might just be a you know part of it. Um, because I, you know, like I said, I, they, they're still asking him to do a lot and I don't think they would be asking him that if they thought that he was, you know, anything less than near, near a hundred percent. Well, and I thought he looked, uh, a lot like the Justin Houston of old in some sense of that today, uh, at least in the second half, but I would agree with you, Ryan. I didn't see that in the first half. Um, so a little concerning in that regard, uh, I don't want to shift and necessarily talk about the division, the rest of the division completely. But what I will say is it does look like it's possible that Kansas City will have a two, at least a two game lead on the Chargers and the Raiders with an opportunity to go into Denver and take a two game lead out of next week as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, at that the, point in the season, I think I, some I, of us thought. 
Yeah, the AFC West is opening up for them in, in a lot better way than I think people envisioned during the season. I mean, I, I I thought that they would be able to open up some ground with the Broncos and the Raiders. Uh, I thought the Chargers might be able to hang a little tighter, but and, and Chargers have had a really tough schedule early on, and obviously, you know, losing the Chiefs at home in Week One didn't help their matters much. Um, but yeah, you 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 go to Denver and you get another road win up in the AFC West. It's going to be hard to catch these guys. Well, and the bigger thing to me is I the Raiders are where I thought they would be, but uh, there's so much turmoil in that in that team. Couple of notes before we sign off for today. Post game, uh, a. Justin Colquitt actually got a little bit of work. <laughs> I mean, the guy's made seven punts to this point, right? So should I worry about his longevity? Do we have to wake him up? Does he need smelling salts or something? Well, how about this? I think, Mahomes I think has more fine. touchdown passes than Colquitt has punts. Almost double. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Hey, I, I think Colquitt's fine. The guy has to worry about is, you know, Harrison Butker. You need to get him some field goals, man. He, He's getting all these 33-yard extra points, and he gets a 37-yard field goal. And, and I know, thought he missed it. Yeah, he, I asked him about it after the game, and, you know, if, if he thought he had it. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I wasn't happy with it. I want them all down the middle. But, yeah, that one I kind of hung out. And, and he said, yeah, if the wind wasn't blowing, he's like, that might have gone too far and, and missed it and everything. But he he thought it was good. Uh, and I told him that, the, that the, you know, that, that – uh, Defense was trying to sell it that they were they were waving no good and everything like that. He had did not see that. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, another guy I want to point out, and I want your opinion because I think he's kind of unsung to this point. I think that Alan Bailey came back and is is ready to put out on the field. I think he's having a nice start to this season. Yeah, as as, as our good friend Therese Paler says, contract year is undefeated, and. <laughs> Yeah, Alan Bailey's had a, had a, having a really good season. They got a couple of sacks early. Um, really been a force. I thought I, I feel especially in the in the passing game. Um, yeah, I think he's had a really good couple of games, which is surprising from him. Uh, not not trying to take anything away from Bailey, but he is not known as a pass rusher. Just so to see him get that kind of uh, jump in those kind of sack numbers, uh, I've been very impressed. I will agree. I think he's looked good. Um, so that is a very big positive for Kansas City. And I thought Jarvis Jenkins actually played a pretty decent game at, at times today as well and was really big in certain situations. Yeah, there's a couple of guys on the defensive line. Derek Naughty had three tackles today. Um, I think that's, you know, a pretty good sign of, you know, being able to get him involved in everything. Um, you know, uh, Hitchens was a little bit, you know, less involved. Uh, only six tackles today. Um, he was leading the league in tackles, so I, I, he's probably going to drop, obviously, from that with that, with that production today. Uh, Reggie Ragland, though, hey, he led the team in tackles with seven total tackles today. He and Ron Parker both had seven total. So, um, you know, this defense, there's there's some good ends, but there's some bad. I mean, there's there's some things to be worried about and everything. But um, I, I think that you, obviously, at this point, coming out of this game, I think the number one thing you just have to be concerned about, one, is, is Ford with the injury. Uh, they're going to do an MRI on Monday and see where he's at. Um, the fact that they do need to do an MRI on Monday, I think, has to give you a little pause for concern there, uh, just how severe it might be, and if this is going to be something that lingers. Uh, because you know, I, I I don't know that we have seen anything yet from Breland Speaks and Tano Passigno that tells you that they are, you know, one hundred percent ready to step in there and be a starter if they have to. Well, and that's a great point. And one thing I will say, you look at. That injury with Ford, 
Uh, and the injury I'm more worried about, and I know this isn't Chiefs related necessarily, but uh, Jimmy Garoppolo looks like he may have torn his ACL according to what's uh, we've heard after the game. So that's a bad situation for the NFL overall. Uh, in, another, in other injury news, it also sounds like Marcus Peters may be um, hurt for a little bit as well. He left the game early in the char- Chargers versus Rams game. Yeah, it sounds like, sounds like that was a, a calf injury that he he wasn't putting any pressure on. That's not good. Uh, Garoppolo's yeah from from the from the press box when we saw it live. I mean, it looked like it was the the hit off of Nelson that that he just delivered a pretty good blow. But right. uh, then you look at the replays and it really looks like well, it was more of a non contact knee thing. Uh, but then Matt Breida, yeah, he looked like he was in pretty bad shape when he went down in that in the game today, and he, he comes back apparently no worse for wear. So. Uh, you know, you hate to see a guy like Garoppolo, Jimmy, you know, a young guy like that going down. So, you know, I think you got to hope the best for him long term, though. Yeah, for sure. I think he's still got a really bright future, and hopefully, if that is confirmed in ACL, then he's got another another season to study Shanahan's offense. And hey, CJ, well, folks, we, the Chiefs have seen CJ Beathard a couple of times, and and even though he didn't get the touchdown today. He almost did. So he, he did what he needed to. And I, I, I know I know that you get ready to wrap up the show and everything like that. I just want to get my one last rant out of the way. <laughs> I don't know what kind of calculator that Kyle Shanahan has, but he's got to get a game ball for that, that management at the end of the game to just go ahead and put the field goal to remain 11 points down. I have no idea what on God's green earth that makes any sense to anyone. That he thinks he's going to be able to get the ball back two more times. And his defense was going to stop anybody because they didn't onside kick. I have no idea what he was thinking, except that an 11-point loss is better than a 14-point loss. Matt, tell us how you really feel. I, I, I'm just absolutely baffled. I, I have no idea what he was thinking. No, it's a great question. I was curious well, that as well. Uh, it, it's a big question. Like mark. I said, he, he, he gets a game ball for me because the game was over as soon as he settled for the field goal there. There was absolutely no way that the 49ers could come back from that. I do have to say one Thank thing. Thank Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I do have to say one thing, though. This was a quieter, other than that one-handed catch that Kelsey made, which was phenomenal, this was a quieter 100-yard game for him than I've seen. He was efficient. He yeah, was good. Yeah, really, but... it really was. Yeah, I think I think you're right. When I saw he went over the hundred yard mark, I was kind of surprised. But because, uh, but yeah, that one one handed catch was fan- just fantastic. All right, game balls, Matt. Are you just giving yours to the coach? <laughs> well, I'm going to have to give half my game ball to Kyle Shanahan for 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 icing that game for the Chiefs. Um, I'm going to be really really obvious with my other half of the game ball, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, even if he wasn't as sharp as he's been the last couple of games and everything, 24-38, 3-14, three touchdowns, that ridiculous scramble for the touchdown, that doesn't happen without him. This kid's on a roll. I mean, it's just it's just absolutely amazing to see right now. We'll see how long it lasts and if defenses catch up to what he and Andy Reid are doing. But right now, it's it's a thing to watch, man. Go ahead, Ryan. Who's your game ball going to? Uh, two sacks, five combined tackles, uh, at least one f- forced fumble that I remember, uh, proved me wrong after how he looked in the first half. I'm going to give it to Justin Houston. Solid choice. I can't argue, uh, with Patrick Mahomes at this point. Uh, I really think that Kelsey played really well, although 
uh, he wasn't needed at some, at some point. And I will say, if it wasn't going to Mahomes, I would consider giving it to Kareem Hunt because he played a huge role being able to ice that game at the very end of the game. Uh, and that was very impressive. You knew that they were going to run the ball. And I hate that the Chiefs put themselves in that situation where they make the other team know what they're going to do, and they still do it anyway. Yes, it does seem to work out for them the last two weeks, but at some point it's not going to, and you're going to regret doing that over and over, in my opinion. But it's a small thing to harp on right now. Well, small things are what we're harping on. This team is 3-0, and folks, getting ready for a Monday night football game against the Broncos. About midweek, we will turn it over and start talking about that game, but make sure you're checking out Chiefs Digest for all of Matt's and Chris's written work, uh, as well as uh, what what little I do and what Reagan will put out for next week as well. So I know it's a long week. They have a lot of preparation. Keep it here. Uh, thanks for listening to us today. We'll be back tomorrow with a deeper dive into this football game. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube, Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com, and all of Seth's film analysis at TheAthletic.com. Thanks for listening.